0: Welcome to Casting Nets Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Pastor Will Harley. I'm joined here with my other two co-hosts in crime we have on the top of the screen. um, Here we have Pastor Dave Endorf. Say hi, Dave. Hi, Dave. And right below him, we have Pastor Dave Rudat, who is the master of all flashy buttons. He is the bearded wonder. If you were part of the the pre-podcast show, he is Reverend Beard. Um, He's going to try to set that up on on his X account so that you can find him. Yeah, Um, so don't look for
1: Casting Nets. Look for Reverend Beard. That's going to be the account.
0: (laughs) So we're going to rebrand. Rebrand. We should, we could do a rebranding and we could, we are no longer casting. That's we're going to be Reverend Beard.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yesterday we were moving stuff out of our parsonage because we were having 10 weeks of renovation and I was picking stuff out of the refrigerator and there was cottage cheese and I realized it's not cheese. That's a you know deep thought that just occurred to me.
0: It's a curd, not a cheese. I got it. uh, That that took some setup and thinking. Yeah, Yeah. that was that was one of your better ones, though. The more you think
1: about it, the more you you know you laugh.
0: More curdles.
1: I I thought there was no way that was going to be funny, and I was right. (laughs) 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 Oh, that's good. That is good.
0: (laughs) Yeah, there you go. There you go.
1: So before we go any further, should we have some sort of disclaimer?
0: We probably should. Uh, We should probably disclaim everything that needs to be disclaimed. Who would like to do that? Or did we just do that by disclaiming everything that needs to be disclaimed? Here it is. Here it is. It's coming up. There it goes. We disclaim everything that needs to be disclaimed in this podcast in a very blanket fashion. And uh, your trigger warning for those who who can be easily triggered. I am on the show. Your triggered has now been warned. And so we are ready for... Wouldn't your trigger be primed? Would it be...
1: Are you priming the trigger?
0: I'm priming the trigger. It could be. Yeah, there we go. That's probably a better way of saying it. That's a good way of saying it. Priming the trigger. Here we are. Uh, so welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Uh, before we roll on into the show that we have for you, uh, just a reminder that this show is brought to you by All Good Coffee. It's also brought to you by All Warm Water. Um, and so for those of you who like to, to drink either of those, you may do so. Um, Good tea has been a, a, a very stout supporter of the show as well. And so anybody who likes to drink good tea, you are welcome to, to join us. If you are not a person that imbibes warm water, coffee or tea, um, and yet you are a Canadian dry drinker, I am pretty sure you're not allowed. Dave Endor, if I'm looking it's at you. It's been fun. <laughs> <laughs> so, welcome to the show. We're glad Except to have for you. With Dave. Us. Is that what you're saying, Will? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we're glad to have you with us. Um, before we we dive on into our subject, remember, uh, li- as of late, we have been dealing with what's the difference series. So, we're looking at the differences between um, the uh, Christian churches and the denominations and the and and the world religions, and we are continuing now our topic of the eight doctrines that divide the Christian church. Last week we had an opportunity to really uh, dive in and, and start that topic. Um, today we we continue uh, with another doctrine, the doctrine of the Trinity, and so we will have an opportunity to talk about that right after our little musical interlude. Welcome back to the show. We have a topic for today as we continue our look at the eight doctrines that divide the church. We are taking a look at the identity of God, um, and I think this is a, a topic that I know for a fact all three of us are in a very good position to have a conversation about, um, because I, I truly believe we all three know who God is, um, and so we, we know who, who this God guy is. Um, but it is a question I think that is a, is a part of our, our world and it's a question that uh, some people maybe think more about than others, but it's a, a question that I think everybody is confronted with at some point. You, you take out your dollar bill, you take out your coin for, for anybody in our nation, and it has uh, in the coins there, uh, in God we trust. Well, who is this God guy, right? Uh, who is this God character? Um, Moses dealt with it. Uh, as well, when he uh, was speaking to Pharaoh, and he was asking that Pharaoh let God's people go. And um, Pharaoh looked at Moses and said, who is the Lord? Who is God that I would listen to him, um, that I would even acknowledge him? That's in Exodus 5. So this is a an important conversation for us to have in our world of, of who God is. And and I think in the conversation, um, another opportunity, we, we kind of have some notes in front of us. Uh, we can maybe paint some pictures of who people think a God is and maybe paint a picture of the gods we we build for ourselves. and then And then maybe wrap it all up with a conversation on, well, let's look at who God truly is and how he presents himself. What do you guys think? Yes. Good place to go? All right, well, let's start then. So, with all that enthusiasm uh, that you just saw as a yes, I think we could go that way. Uh, I, let's talk about... Oh, go on.
1: I was going to say that was a, an incredible amount of enthusiasm, com- considering that you didn't want him to be on the podcast. I mean, look at look at how Dave responds. He didn't crawl back in the corner. He said, yes, let's talk
0: about this. Well, you know, as, it's that Canadian dry. It was a very dry Yes. all right let's talk about let's what is maybe we should start with with just kind of fleshing out the idea what is a god let's start with that so um you could probably go to a a dictionary definition but in your understanding with the people that you've talked with if if someone would ask you what is a god what would you say
2: I would refer to God as as the biblical God, and, and so you, you can go kind of two different directions in defining God. You, you can talk about his nature, you know, his divine attributes, you know, triune, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, all-powerful, omnipresent, those kinds of things. You can also talk about his... Actions, you know, the God who has done certain things, the, the God who spoke the world into, into being, the, the creator. You can talk about the God who sent his son to die for our our sins. And so when when you're having a discussion about who God is, um, it really goes down either of those two paths. You know, what, what are God's actions and people define him that way? or what is god's nature what are the qualities of god
0: so if you were going to if you're going to take it out of the christian realm though and and someone was just going to ask you i i don't want to know who your god is i just want to know what a god is what what would you say i and and i and this makes it maybe more difficult because we are very steeped in our own theology and we're very steeped into our our this i want to give you the right answer <laughs> I wanted, I want to, I want to lead you to Christ. But if someone would come up to you and just say, "I, I don't want to hear right now about what your God is. I want to just know what a God is. What, what would we ever even define? What is a God? How could you define a God? You, you, you can this go course?
1: then. <laughs>
2: Did somebody go with the force?
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, so, so we had a, we had somebody who, who decided to, uh, interrupt, but (laughs) I'm not saying interrupt. They decided to write in and they said the force, which I think if you are to be in all honesty, I I think if you are, um, in the world today, they would look at that and say, okay, a force, an entity, right? Uh, A God is something that is out there, but we can't quantify. Um, and I think some people could go that route. Any others that you could think of?
2: Something that you worship would be one way of, of talking about a god, something that you see as being more powerful than us. And, and that would be, um, you know, a higher power, the way Alcoholics Anonymous describes it. Doesn't necessarily have to be any kind of, even a personal being, just any kind of higher power.
0: So I've often had this and and it's been rolling around in my head for a while. Um, You know, you, you read in history, you know, the people worshiping all sorts of things and they would call it their gods. The more and more I read, the more I find out that they're limited. Have you noticed that? That that you have, you know, you have the Roman gods, or you have the Greek gods, or you have have the, um, the Native American gods, and the, the ones that they refer to, they all have a limit. They have a point, like a sphere, uh, of which they they have maybe control, but they're limited in other ways. They're not omniscient. They're not all powerful. Um, and and maybe this is my own understanding, but isn't isn't the the sheer definition of God? Mean that they are all powerful? Doesn't isn't that part of the definition of God?
2: See, that's the way we would describe it when when because of the Bible's influence. But when when we're talking about somebody who is trying to fill that God shaped hole in their hearts it, by by looking at the world, you know, they take something from the world and they inflate it, they make it bigger, you know, and so God to them, is a a bigger version of something they find here, you know, so it's a bigger version of a person, it's a more powerful version of a, a ruler, you know, and so you have somebody like Zeus is essentially just a ruler with more power, you know, whereas the God of the Bible is triune, is eternal, is fundamentally different from us and that's one of those um u- unique things about christianity that sets it apart from you know so many of the world religions that that you study is that the god of the bible is fundamentally different from the the those other gods
0: well and i think that's something to pursue in in some cases right you know looking at and I like how you explain it, and that does help me. I think a little bit because I do struggle with that. I look, and and maybe it is, it most often is because of my own influence of understanding the scriptures. But if you're going to call someone or something a god, you would assume that it would have the power to do something, and all the power to do something in every area that I needed to do whatever the something is, <clears throat> and and so. To me, it doesn't make sense that you would have all these natural things that are so limited, but, but it does, I can understand where, where in, in a world where you have this hole and you have to worship something, you start placing things into that hole that are just grandiose versions of what we desire right? They're the grandiose versions of what we are interacting with on earth or the grandiose versions of, of nature. So you're afraid of a God of death because death is something to be afraid of. You're afraid of, of a God of, uh, I mean, if you have a, a fear of birds, you're afraid of a God of birds, right? Because, um, he must be controlling all the birds and they, they, they affect you. Um, if you are a farmer, there has to be a God of weather or there has to be a God of the field. and and so they have a sphere which which is the limiting aspect but it has the draw which i think is is what the the natural man has and the sinful man likes to do is he has this draw to something i can understand and i can wrap my head around just in a very grand way that that fair yeah that's fair it,
2: and it's also something you can yeah you know, to a certain extent, manipulate, you know, if I bring the right sacrifice, if I say the right prayer, I can get this, the right response back from that God, you know, and so it's under my control. I don't have to be humble. I don't have to be a creation. I don't have to be submissive. Sure. Because, yeah.
0: Well, and I I like how you're saying that is something that you can manipulate because, you know, if we have a God that we that we're creating, wouldn't we want a God that would support us? Right. We want a God that would be um, a cheerleader. You know, he's in our corner saying, you know, you're doing you're doing things the right way. You're doing it. um, You're okay. Don't worry about what anybody else says. So we'd want a God who would be supportive, Um, probably want a God that would give us what we want when we want it and how we want it. So we would create a God that, that for somehow not only validates us, but also supports or, or gives to our needs as we need them. So I think there would be be some manipulation there. Um, and you could do that, like you said, through um, the right sacrifices, right? The right pleads, the right prayers, the right rites. Um, we would manipulate that God in some way, shape, or form. Uh, Any other ways that, that we would manipulate that God? into something that you can think of. I would I think there's probably a couple other ones.
1: I'd be ready. I'd be willing to take it in just a slightly different direction. Cause we're talking about something that is a higher being. I, I do. Sure. I do appreciate how Martin Luther in the large catechism defines what is a God. That's anything that you uh, put your heart into or uh, you entrust your being. So it can, it, if, because in all these conversations of a higher being, well, which is what is the one God that our sinful nature gravitates towards, which is not something we make up but ourselves. Like we become our own gods. This is the th- the thing that we love. This is the thing that we're serving with our whole being is ourselves. So I, I do appreciate that <clears throat> concept of a God is just anything that we're Uh, his definition of a broad thing which some gods are higher power and some of them are like you guys were saying limited in power because we want to be able to manipulate that god we want to have that god to have failings because we have failings so and then we also have to try to justify how what we perceive in life isn't measuring up like we we do all the sacrifices but still Uh, our lives are messed up or we've got a a disease or there's war, there's famine. Well, how do you explain all those things? If you've done all of the things that you've uh, established in your heart, this is all the right things to get my God happy with me. Well, your God's flawed. So they're always trying to put some sort of flawed limitation on their God. Um, So that was my contribution to this
0: initial discussion. I I really like how you, you phrase that because you know the the law so when we come back to to the scripture and the use of the law one of the first uses of the law is, is that of a mirror right showing us um, how far we have fallen to the from the ideal but in the way isn't the sinful nature as it turns in on itself also a mirror that that everything in the world reflects back and is interpret interpreted into the self so like you were saying that the these higher things they they gain the faults of people why because i have those faults so <clears throat> zeus was a uh, was was kind of a philanderer right why because kind of a philanderer <laughs> Why? Because he was because men are, right? They, or they viewed men to be philanderers. And so that was the reflection of the self. Um, you know, the that higher passion of I want to do this, so I'm going to do this, and therefore Zeus became this entity that did, that, that that lived that way. Um the desire for a um a a wife to be a homemaker, right? And and her anger over her wife going out or her husband going out and, and doing those things, that became you know, Hera, you know, she was the 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 goddess of the hearth and the home, and the, her anger over her husband going out and and sleeping around and doing those things they embodied those those entities. And interestingly enough, I think, and and you hit it spot on, uh, or Luther hit it spot on. That it's the we're, we're placing the things that we want to worship, right? These are it's the self, ultimately, but but we've elevated the self to a point of these are the ideals or the embodiments of of man's problem. Which leads us, I think, to the to one of the <clears throat> maybe the the points of of the, the podcast that differentiate what is the purpose of God. And and so I, I, I think we want to spend some time here before we, we want to really dive in and say who is God in reality, which is going to be talking about the triune God of course, but but what is the purpose of God? So we can talk about having a God out there and we we kind of talked about <clears throat> who are these gods and and how they come about and things but what is the purpose? What does it even matter? Why why would we need a god?
2: Well, and this is where you know that you you got to go to Augustine. You know, we were created for God and and we were created to be the image of God here in this world and so you know, that's our nature. And, and we're going to want to worship God, and we're going to want to bear that image of God in this world. And so we're going to try to do that. And unless we understand what that means by, by faith and by the renewal of the Holy Spirit, we're going to try to Try to come up with false ways of, of doing it. And, and so that's what you see with the creation of false religions. That's what you see with greed, which is idolatry. That's what you see with all of these other things. And and so that this idea that some people have that people are, are born as kind of a blank slate, you know, that they're just going to kind of grow up and be whatever, is entirely false. People are, are born... You know, as you know, uh, with with that re- meant to have that relationship with God, and they're going to try to fill it one way or another, and so that's why we have to know who the true God is and, and what it means to be in, renewed in the image of God.
0: So uh, i I totally agree with you that that there is a um, a broken piece of us that that continues to search for fulfillment. Um, on our end, I totally agree with that, that, that mankind, and this comes from a biblical standpoint, that mankind was created to be worshipers. Um, I mean, even in, even in, uh, mythologies of old Greek and, 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 um, Roman mythologies, Hindu mythologies, mankind is always created to be a worshiper, right? Um, <clears throat> mankind were created to, to give accolades back to the gods. I guess my question was, is what is the purpose of God himself? So, When, when we, when we, and and I think this comes as a part of when we talk about it in, in the biblical sense of, of God, and we talk about the triune God, but, but even in the world today, why would anybody need one? And, and, and I guess it could be answered because we have that hole, right, in our hearts that says we have to worship something, but why God Like, I mean, if if you have to worship something, I mean, you could worship your wife or you could worship your children or you could worship money or you could worship a job. But why, why worship a God, a higher entity? I mean, what, what is the purpose of that? And what is his purpose then for us? And I don't know if that's a, that's maybe too much of a pie in the sky, a (laughs) a serial question. You can't mind
1: read into the millions of souls that have lived and died from the beginning of time to now to see why why you why are you worshiping this God? Um, I, I think Dave had a good point of, of God created Adam and Eve to worship Him, and uh, we had a Northwestern Publishing House earlier this week had an online Bible class where they were talking about the image of God, and they were talking about how there is an element of us that is striving toward greatness, where. Adam and Eve were created to serve God and to worship God and to take care of this wonderful creation that got, I mean, they were the pinnacle of his creation. And then the fall, that's all destroyed. And now we have this twisted sense of still striving for importance um, because because that's been gone. That's been destroyed because God said, you guys are important because you are my, you are my creation. You worship me. And then the creation decided, no, we're going to worship ourselves or we're going to do what we want. We want to become gods. And now they're still. we still have that in part of our sinful nature, that strive for some sort of greatness. And if you're striving for greatness, you want allies. And I'm speaking in a very general term. So you want allies, you want to be able to have time on your side or things that are the uncontrollable aspects of life on your side.
0: So <clears throat> could, we, could we, and I like that. Could we say that the purpose of God then is validation? That that the purposes of of the gods that we create even for ourselves is for validation. That that we are looking for someone to tell us we're okay, and that that really is his the create the especially the gods that we create for ourselves. We want them to validate us. And, and
2: I guess I, I would take a step back and, and say that. That's certainly a part of it, but it, it, it's more than that, because, you know, to be created in the image of God in, in Genesis, you know, is, should be inseparably connected then with the the commission that follows right after it to rule over the world to fill the world and to make it suitable for human inhabitation you know that the image of god is not something that sits passively on top of people yeah. you know that that this is that this is what we do that that this is what we are that this is a function that we serve that the image of god is a a a term used for you know this is where the world finds god is in people you know that that we have a relationship with god but but animals and and plants they find god sort of through us um
0: to put it very crudely and 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 so we're still meant they see the reflection of god through us and many and
2: and we serve we serve them right really Right. By by ruling over the world the way God rules over us, um, and so, so we still have to do that. We're still meant to do that, and so we still have work that we want to do that we're meant to do. And and if you want to find a miserable person, find somebody who who can't work, who has nothing to do, and 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 so there's that. Both that relationship with God that has to be there, but also that work that has to be there as well. That that purpose and meaning in in somebody's life. And so all of that is tied together. And without both that, that purpose and meaning in your life, in, in what you do, and that relationship with God, um, you're gonna be searching for it. And so it's not just validation of I am forgiven. But, but also I have purpose. I have, as Paul talks, uh, there is fruitful work for me in Christ Jesus. Sure. You know, that has to be there too.
0: Well, and, and I, I love how you're saying that because I can, I think it gives a segue to, to what we want to really talk about it, which is the doctrine that divides, which is who is this God person and, and really looking at God is presenting himself in three persons and one God, the talking of the Trinity and and the work that each of the persons do, even though it is God who does it. But I think I think one of the things that 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 kind of puts, and this is in the Christian church and it's in every church, how you say that image of God and, and now that image of God isn't just a passive thing, but it is, it bleeds into this idea of work and service and things that we have to do and i think there's many people who who truly look at it and they say this concept of god a concept of god places a burden upon me and that god ends up being in heaven or whatever the god character is whatever whatever the person that you've placed on that pedestal i must serve him i must respond and do and that's and his purpose in my life is to be the motivating scary factor for me to do it you know what I'm saying? That so, so like, and and I think there's Christians that approach God in that way too. Um, in fact, I would say I would say in in our reading for for this week, for if you're following the lectionary series and you're in the Lutheran Church and, and you have a reading from Mark one, you have a, a demon who expresses um, that he knows Jesus but the things that he says before his expression of i know jesus is have you come to destroy us he's he's not really just referring to himself as much as he's referring to everybody all the sinners so have you come to destroy us because you're the holy you're the holy one of god i know you and and is sometimes that the we we say the purpose of god god is to demand of me and and maybe that's why some people don't like god they push back on this idea of god because it's like i don't I don't want someone to tell me what to do or tell me how i'm supposed to live um and i think that if that's their opinion of what god is they're lacking and i would agree because we've we've kind of said that it's not the full purpose the purpose is to receive his forgiveness and then being good to serve one another but i think they do they look at it and they say god's purpose is just to tell me what to do or a god's purpose yeah. is to tell me what to do
2: yeah, I think I understand your your question better now. Yeah, they they they're just their understanding of of God's nature is that yeah, he's an enforcer. He's you know, legalistic. He's um he's up there with a cattle prod.
0: Right. Right. And if you don't people. do it there's danger, right? If you haven't made him happy, there's a res- there's a there's there's a result that something will Come of it, and you will be punished because of it. But that opens up the door for us to have this conversation now turn into the spot where I think all of us would naturally want to go. Which, which I think has been the struggle with the first half hour of the show. Right? Is we, we I don't want to talk about what other people believe. I want to talk about what it is that we believe. But, but here is the divide, and 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 not only is the divide on the Trinity and who God is as He presents Himself in the Scripture, but the divide is. How are these people uh of the Trinity, the persons of the Trinity, how do they interact? And how do they interact with us? And what is the purpose of their interaction? So let's let I think we could safely say um if you deny the Trinity, then you are not Christian. Can we say that? I,
2: I think that's why we call the the three creeds, the three ecumenical creeds, because <laughs> In order to be Christian, you got to kind of go with the Apostles, the Nicene, and the Athanasian Creed.
0: So so we are in agreement that if you do not agree with it, if you don't believe in the Trinity, you are not, you are not in the Christian church. So there's the first divide. But that, that we, could, we can say this is the first divide between world religions and the Christian religion is, is the belief in the Trinity. Um, so let's, let's talk about the Trinity. Um, where do we get the word? Where do we get that word trinity? From the best language, no,
1: the second, the third best language in the world. <clears throat> and that would be Latin. So it's just a, a Latin phrase, tri, meaning three. Un, which means one. It's just uh, how do you, the the concept of the trinity is there in the Bible. Like it does have this when it reveals to us about God. It, it does have this plurality to it, but then also this unity to it at the same time. And it doesn't doesn't even try to reconcile it. It just says, this is it. Your God is plural, but your God is also one. So when you baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, plural there, but then it also says, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. So it's it has both of those without any sort of trying to rectify those two conditions.
0: Right. And, and you could even say in, in the Great Commission with the, the giving of baptism, baptize in the name, not the names. So yeah. you have the singular and the plural persons. Um, Let us make man in our image. Um, the, the very words of, of the Lord as he spoke um, in, the, in the creation to make man right and woman. Um, and so you have those beautiful pluralities. Um, yeah. You have the crying out in Isaiah, Lord, 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 right? Uh, as they hear the cry of the angels. Um, so you have the the three persons, yet one God. Right. When
1: they created Adam, they didn't say, well, you're going to have the Holy Spirit's eyes and you're going to have the Father's nose and you're going to have this. <laughs> it's so just our image, like our image, the image that we all share. This is what this this one image yeah. we're going to share with him, the righteousness and holiness, as Paul says in Colossians.
0: Yeah, you're all going to look like Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> as you're clothed in him. But but this is a good conversation, because I think this is the part that, you know, most of the um, Jewish community and the Islamic community, they would say, yeah, we're putting on the brakes here because there God is one. And they would say, so God is one and you can't have three persons because now you're, now you're pagan, you're, you're, you're a polytheist, you're worshiping all of these, these gods. Um, And, and so they would deny it on the forefront, this basic truth god presents himself in three persons and yet they are one god and how do we explain that we we came up with a word called trinity it's not in the bible anywhere um, it is it is the best we can do three in one try to explain it god the father is not god the son god the son is not god the father god the son is not the holy spirit and, and the holy spirit is not god the son and the holy spirit is not god the father god the father is not the holy spirit and yet they're all god sharing in everything that is god Right, so that makes things as clear as mud. So we,
1: <laughs> it makes it as clear as what the Bible reveals it to us, and that's that's where we right. sit. We don't the rational mind can't grasp it, um, but it's there.
0: Right. Absolutely. Now. That works its way into some fuller ideas of, of who this God is. So that, that tells us we have a, a God that presents himself in three persons as one God. What is his purpose? And this maybe sometimes can be a divide within in the, the Christian church. What is the purpose of the Trinity?
1: If we're going to go back to the written word of God, which reveals to us this God who is triune, it just is saying this God who is triune saved us so that's that's the whole purpose these things are written john says that we may believe in that believing we might have life in his name like the out the the will of god outside of our salvation is a hidden will we don't know what is god is god and what is his purpose in the creation well outside of saving us we can't right. we can't that can't be revealed he created everything everything is uh, from him, he is the prime, the first cause of the entire universe type of concept. Um, but outside of our salvation, we can't find a resolution to that question.
0: Which is interesting because I think, you know, and, and this makes another difference between between even the Christian churches, right? Yeah. Because exactly. if, let's say you, uh, let's say you were going to be in a congregation of the Reformed Persuasion, what would your what would your ultimate purpose of God be? God's purpose. If you're from the reformed persuasion.
1: You know the answer to that one. I do know the answer to that one.
2: (laughs) Talking about a, a demonstration of his glory or.
0: Yeah, it would be God is demonstrating his power. God is demonstrating his glory in the world. And, and so. Um, there is the stress of God is is showing His might, right? Um, if you are in, if you're in uh, the Catholic persuasion, if you are in 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 one of the, the persuasions of um, a semi-Pelagian, which is for many people who are listening, I don't even know who a Pelagian is, it, and I don't know what semi would be. Uh, someone who he's believes a truck like driver. he's a truck driver. <laughs> so this idea of of us participating. Us are participating in our salvation, participating in 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 um God's work on our behalf. What would the purpose of God be? He becomes that motivating factor, right? So God's purpose is is the is the motivating factor for us to be better people in in this world. So on one side you have the motivating factor. God is working. His purpose is to show his sovereignty. His purpose is to show his glory and his might. Um, and so he controls every aspect of everything and look how glorious he is. And on the other side, it's God is motivating us, right? Do this. Um, so this is a, this is the God who, who says, I have all these riches here and you can do this rah, rah, here we go. Um, and then, and then there's that middle ground, <laughs> Right? Where where um Pastor Rudat did so beautifully as ex- explaining that middle ground of we have a hidden will of God that we don't know. But then there's the revealed will of God that is, I want all to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth, um, which is you are saved in Christ Jesus. So we have this this beautiful answer to the question in the scriptures that say we have a God who from all eternity, three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit existed. What he did before he created, I don't know. What he did in creation was he showed his love to create and give to his children, and he knew those children would fall from before creation, and his plan was to save them um, and, and, and to take action to have it play out in time. And that is a completely different purpose, even within the, even in within the, the, the Christian churches, that's the difference. And that, that is a difference that, that needs to be highlighted, I think, and, and not downplayed is, is yes, we have a God who's powerful. Yes, we have a God whose will is, is um, beyond our understanding, but we understand the part of what he wanted to share with us, salvation in Christ Jesus. And that is our God. So, When we speak of God, is it fair to keep it in the, I believe in God, or is it should be, or should it be more specific? (laughs) Throwing that out there.
1: Don't we all believe in God, Pastor? Yeah. Yeah, There's a reason why we... Have a, the apostles Nicene Athanasian Creed and other creeds you know such as the as the Lutherans have their confessions because we're saying this is what the Bible reveals to us about God and what he has done for us
0: absolutely and and he reveals himself in Christ right who is probably that's another um point of contention <laughs> and we could we could talk about uh, a little bit at least is is so we have one of the persons of the Trinity. Who takes on humanity, um, and and not in a in a I am going to connect myself to it like plywood and g- kind of glue myself together, but but takes on humanity um, in all of its entirety and and becomes like us and remains like us and yet is God. Um, so, does anybody would like to jump in on that conversation and and start talking about um, the person of Christ in this "Who is God" moment? Nobody. Look at that. Well, We're I, afraid I, I would.
1: about I'm, It has nothing to do with fear. It has everything to do with respect, waiting for Dave to, to speak. But, Will, we already know, you don't want Dave to speak. You don't even want him on this podcast.
0: <laughs> I'm so, sorry. I, asked so for
1: so I, I just tried to.
0: I asked for I, forgiveness. I guess for,
2: for, for me, I guess it, it's kind of a question of, are, are you going for the two natures of Christ, or are you going for... The, the work of Christ because
0: take it where you, you want to go
2: okay uh, I mean if you're talking about the two the two natures of Christ if you know you're you're going to find a, a big difference there between um Christian and, and non-Christian or Christian and Christian seeming religions out there you know there are, are the Jehovah's Witnesses who would talk about um you know, he's really the the archangel Michael. It's Jehovah's Witnesses, right? A created being. Um, him.
0: A created being.
2: Yeah. Um, you know, or uh, the Mormons who will say, like, he's he's really the best child of God, uh, but just one of many. He's not actually the father. He's uh you know, and, and so there's a very big difference between those, and and Christian churches who would who would believe in the triune God, um, but even there, you're going to see a big difference between, you know, churches when they talk about the work of Christ, you know, the the work of Christ being, you know, what Hebrews ten, sacrificed once for all. And so the Catholic Church, in in talking about the sacrifice of Christ, would describe it not as once for all sins, but once for the eternal punishment of your sins, but you still have to pay for the temporal punishment of your sins, the punishment for your sins that you deserve here on earth, you still have to work off. And so that's the official teaching of the Catholic Church. And that's a big difference between churches, <laughs> you know, did Jesus pay for all of your sins and all of the punishment for your sins or not, you know? Um, and, and then if you're talking about um, the Lutheran Church and the the Reformed Church or the Arminian Church, you know, is Jesus the author and perfecter of your faith, the one who does all of it? or not. And and that's where, you know, sometimes it seems like we're getting technical or, or nitpicky as as Lutherans, but it's an important distinction because God says it's an important distinction. You know, and and, and so yes, we say He is the author and perfecter of our faith and somebody who is strictly a, a follower of decision theology or, or strict Calvinism would say, no, no, he's not. And that's important to understand that they put limits on Jesus as the author and perfecter of your faith. And so we want to keep that in mind, that they, they may not limit the person of Christ as true man and true God, but they do limit the work of God and the work of Christ as the author and perfecter of your faith.
0: And that's a beautiful thing to, to, to highlight as a difference, because when you limit the work of Christ, the remaining part of what needs to be done has to go somewhere. And where does it end up going? Right back to ourselves. If you can't Pastor see Rudad. that, if you can't oh. see that, uh, if you can't see that on, because uh, you're listening to that, Pastor Rudat is pointing at all Iran directions to try to point to all the people on the podcast. Um, <laughs> but it, but it's true, right? So if you're taking from the work of Christ and you're saying that, that yeah, he's true God, yes, he's true man, um, and and even if you are confessing in the Christian church, he's 100% of both, which which you must if you want to be a Christian, conf- that's part of the confession uh, of of the person of Christ. But then you limit the work and say, well, he didn't do it for all. He didn't die for all. He didn't die for all the sins. Um, he only died for the really bad ones or he only died for for the ones that would ca- cast us into hell. And he's only saved us from that. Then, then everything else must be pushed back to me. I, I have to. I have to then pick up the slack somewhere else. So in the Reformed Church, you end up with with um, the law that convicts, the gospel that says, "Well, Christ died for those sins. You're not going to burn forever, but you still have to." Um, and then it follows up with, "But I still have a long list of things that I have to do to show myself worthy of those things." Catholic Church, there, it's here. That, that this bag of grace is right there but before I can dish it out there's there's this set right um and in the Lutheran Church one of the biggest complaints and you can for the,
2: just to jump in here for the sure. for the Catholic Church that bag of grace that forgiveness of sins is is there because Jesus didn't Die for the temporal punishment of your sins. And so we have to have this leftover bag of grace that comes not from Jesus, but from the work of saints and, and martyrs and, and popes and, and priests and, and other people who have been, who have performed works of supererogation, who have done more yeah. than their fair share, that they can now share with you. And so it's not Jesus who's offering that. It is other people.
0: And, and I think that was a perfect uh, um, addition. So thank you very much because that's that's exactly right. Again, it comes back down to us and, and then it comes back down to who, who could live better for us for other people um, and we're taking away from Christ. I, I think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, one of the biggest complaints that the Catholic, I mean, there was many complaints during the Reformation that the Catholic Church had against Luther. But one of them, uh, wasn't it that, That if you offer free and full grace by the working of the Trinity, the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, specifically in the work of Christ and his redemptive work, no one will want to do anything. It wasn't that one of the biggest complaints was that free and full forgiveness in the work of Christ didn't have any leverage to force us to live better people, to be better people.
1: And the Roman Catholics don't have a monopoly on that complaint. I mean, that's a common complaint throughout the ages of, oh, if you proclaim the gospel, then people won't they'll, they won't come to church or they won't do this or they won't do that. Well, that's kind of the whole point of preaching the gospel and all of its sweetness is that you are completely removing the self. We're completely removing what we do for God. And, our, and
0: and I wasn't trying to say that it was just the catholic church who thought but that that was the conversation one sure, of the conversation yeah. pieces that they they pushed against the lutheran church and they said if you do this what's the motivating factor and and luther said love <laughs> right right love is the motivating factor because it is the, the it is the compulsion and the surrounding and the hemming in of christ's love for us that now Motivates us to to live for Him. Um, that was if you if you want to have a, a refresher on that, uh, go to our Tuesdays behind uh, beyond the sermon because we all had an opportunity to preach on that text, and and I think that conversation is great. So please uh, go back and refresh yourself on some of that if you you want a reminder. Um, but but here is our God, right? This is our God, our God who whose purpose is for your salvation. That that is His purpose. Um, Now, does he have a hidden will? Yes, but we can't comment on it because we don't know it. It's hidden. Um, But we do know what his desire is, that Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, um, as he has presented himself into creation, um, his purpose is to save his people. His purpose is to save his creation. Uh, And he did through his son, who is God and man, um, who carried our burden, who lived and died for us, um, took our sin into himself that we might become his righteousness. um, And he knows who we are. He is our mediator. He stands in heaven before his father, and he says, they are mine, and I have died for them, Um, and it is wonderful. And from them comes the third person of the Trinity um, sent to us, this Holy Spirit who works among us, works the understanding of his word into our hearts, um, brings us to life through the sacraments, um, and strengthens our faith through the same means. Um, and it's a wonderful thing to, to be able to interact with this God who is so personal and yet is is so wonderful and is powerful um, to change even our hearts any last thoughts before we we go to a post show gentlemen
2: I think when it comes to to understanding who God is I um, you always want to look at Isaiah 28, 21, where it talks about punishment as being the alien work of God, that when you want to see what emph- what God himself wants to emphasize, that this is where um, you know, he himself says you know, that he wants to be a loving God and that he's willing he is a just God, a holy God, a righteous God. But the results of that are really stuff that, that aren't part of his nature, aren't close to his heart. That's his alien work. And so when we talk about God and we put the emphasis on his love and grace and mercy, it's because that's where God in his word puts the emphasis. And so as you look to tell the difference between churches. And and that's what we emphasize here and what we're emphasizing with this series. You know, why are we hitting that note very hard? You know, God's love and and grace and mercy, because this is how God describes himself, that he is love, and his judgment, his, his wrath, his power, that's secondary. And so focus on that, focus on God's grace.